So Steve Sherlock here in the Franklin TV studio today to talk about stormwater with some cool folks to talk with stormwater with. On my right, we've got Derek Adams and Kate Soberg. Mm -hmm. And on my left, we've got Melanie Hamlet. Stormwater has been around, well, forever. <laughs> the stormwater bylaw got introduced to start Franklin's mitigation efforts in 2008, and it's been really increasing since then because of EPA regulations. Is that correct? That's correct, yep. So uh, to give a quick overview, the, the town of Franklin needs to abide by the Clean Water Act as we purvey groundwater for drinking water. The town of Franklin must also abide by the MS4 permit because it's part of the Charles River watershed and it reaches certain uh, parameters with population density. Most importantly, we need to keep the water that's in Franklin clean. And the taskings that are set forth by the EPA underneath the MS4 permit are judicious in the sense that the town of Franklin stormwater is treated chemically, which is um, sometimes misunderstood by certain residents. And it's, we just need to make it explicitly clear that Franklin stormwater does not get sent to a treatment plant. It is treated in the sense that we have deep sump catch basins um, and rain gardens and detention basins, but there's no chemical treatment from Franklin stormwater. So a lot of the work that's going to be done is enhancing our ability to treat the stormwater that's in Franklin. I think that's a good point to reemphasize. So while we see the stormwater drains along the streets and parking lots, et cetera, that goes to a separate stormwater mitigation system, if you will. It doesn't get intermixed with the sewer, which then goes into the treatment plant. That's correct, and that brings up another good point where Franklin is a separate sewer system for our stormwater. So some older cities have a combined sewer overflow where during a heavy rain event, the rainwater, which becomes stormwater, will overflow into the sewage, and then that will overflow into the environment, which is not the case for Franklin. But to speak to your point, all of Franklin's stormwater gets discharged directly into the environment. So with that, what we need to do is increase the amount of street sweeping that we're doing, the catch basin cleaning that we're doing. We need to build more infrastructure to treat the stormwater because each of our 450 plus outfalls has been tested and we're continually monitoring those um, to ensure that the parameters that for the water quality that we're discharging is within acceptable parameters. Mm -hmm. And one of the key reasons as well, and there's certainly others we'll get on, get into and as we go through this session, but one of the key reasons is uh, going back to uh, DPW Director Brutus Cantorigi and his triad. It's really the mix of drinking water, stormwater, and uh, wastewater. Mm -hmm. We're, we live off our aquifer. Mm -hmm. So the water going into our aquifer, the better we can make it, <laughs> the safer we'll be coming out with the drinking water as well. That's absolutely right. And um, the way that I like to think about it is if, if we're salting the roads, which is necessary for the safe passage of vehicles, that salt doesn't just disappear when it melts, when, when it melts the snow and then gets carried to the storm drain. That quantity of salt is going to end up discharged somewhere. So what we're trying to do to, to use that as a visual, is capture those contaminants, if you will, before they get to the environment, and then they can be cleaned out and disposed of properly. Mm -hmm. So also to kind of set the stage while we're in the studio today, three years ago, we were also coincidentally in the studio with some of the uh, <clears throat> conversation. Clearly, over time, 
what had been mentioned then kind of got tweaked as the questions and answers, et cetera, um, got resolved. And now coming July 2023, there's a stormwater fee that will be implemented. And that's why we want to make sure that folks understand what it is and clearly why we're doing it, which is what we've started talking to. But then the key piece we'll spend time on here is what they can do to mitigate the charge because um, there are some mitigation steps. You won't be able to alleviate all of it. You'll still have to pay something. That's why there is a fee. But there are steps that people can do to validate that they're getting charged appropriately and can take steps to reduce their costs. That's correct. So um, historically, the stormwater taskings have come out of the highway budget. And because those taskings are getting so expensive, it's unsustainable to continue that coming out of the general tax base going forward. So what, we, what was um, done was... It was put forth in front of town uh, ad hoc committee meeting with solicitation of public input. Many public meetings were held. Um, and then from the ad hoc committee, it was recommended to town council to implement a stormwater utility fee. Mm -hmm. The stormwater utility fee was determined to be the most fair and equitable way to address our specific issues for our specific town and what we need to accomplish. And it applies to every single parcel in town. There are no exemptions. There is a credit manual. Um, but and we uh, uh, provide the option for abatements, but every single parcel in town, no matter whether it's a single-family home, a commercial property, a faith-based uh, institution, or an educational institution, every we are drawing the funds based on the impervious area that each parcel has as the gold standard across the United States of America for people who have to mitigate their stormwater problems and need a funding source for it is to base their stormwater utility charge off of impervious area as it's uh, the the amount of pollution, if you will, or contaminants are rather directly to, tied to the amount of impervious you, area you have on a property. Mm -hmm. And Melanie, I know you <laughs> led that, yes. uh, had yes. the honor of leading that ad hoc committee and you spent a couple of years working through uh, both public hearings, uh, getting some feedback, and modifying the proposals effectively that went to the town council for their formal vote. Yeah, uh, yeah, Steve, um, thanks for allowing me to be here today anyways <laughs> to talk about it because we, I was the chair of that ad hoc committee, uh, and it was very, I wanted it to be uh, more of a people to ask questions and we give feedbacks and it was really dynamic like we changed what we said how we said things or added more information to the public the hearings and the public outreach the forms that we had so that we could answer the questions that were out there and I think Derek brought up a couple of really good points that one of the things that people talk about all the time and they don't quite realize is that we're already paying for the stormwater work that's going on the problem is, is that as the as the permit gets more and more restrictive, the costs go way up. Mm. And so, if we want to deplete the entire um, general budget <laughs> to do the work because it's a federal mandate, unfunded federal mandate, that we, if we don't want to totally delete the budget, we have to come up with another way to pay for it. Mm. And it, it was really the best in most fit, equitable way to do it so that everybody pays how, because of how much impervious coverage they have. All right, so geographically, Franklin has a 
map occupies what 27 square miles or something like yep. that and all profit nonprofit whatever property owners they still have to pay and obviously the bigger scale they may have more mitigation opportunities but even a regular resident can still take some steps yeah and and it's it's important that you just said that because people um you know it was only the homeowner the property owner or the the business owner you know the property the co commercial property owner that was paying for paying the taxes and so now everyone is going to have to pay into the into the stormwater and feed the stormwater utility to help pay for it it's not going to pay for all of it mm -hmm. i don't know maybe derek can like mention how much it will cost eventually uh, per year but um we just can't we, we just can't like take all that money out of the out of the general budget and then actually meet the standards of the of the permits so um and, and that's really kind of the way we looked at it it's like how do we pay for it but actually charge the least amount possible so when we first started the um ad hoc public forum outreaches the i believe the pre the cost per billion unit was about double what it actually is what it is what it will be in july mm -hmm. and so we really we really spent a lot of time trying to figure out the best way to to give people um the what they need right so we need first thing is we need fresh clean water uh, and so that's why it's really important that we do this and, and um, you know we there were a couple other things there was like clean up leaves and sort of things like that and that got removed so that we could lower the the price per billing unit mm -hmm. right so just to replay and recap uh, profit nonprofit anybody with property owner space in Franklin based upon the impervious coverage then they're gonna get charged town included so the town yes. included yes. in that and yes nonprofits whether they're churches or just nonprofit organizations they're all get covered as well yeah I mean one of one of the things people do ask is like does the town have to pay yes and yes the town will have to pay right but it's still a lot less than paying for the whole permit pro process for the um, you know for the stormwater catch basins mm-hmm and Kate, from a GIS perspective, there's been a bunch of work done on the stormwater page so that people can go for a specific address and find out the details. Yes, exactly. Um, we had a consultant do, do some work for us um, in preparation for this. And they spent hours and hours looking at every single parcel in Franklin, developing our impervious area layer. So on the stormwater division website, there are links on the left-hand side, one of which is our impervious area map. And if you click on that, you can go and look up your property um, and you will see exactly what your impervious area looks like on your property. Um, our model for impervious area is to capture driveways, buildings, your house, garage, shed, any secondary structures you might have, pathways, um, pool surroundings, not the pools themselves, but anything around them, um, patios, anything like that. Um, and what you can do is you can look and you can see if things have been missed, if things are added incorrectly. Um, 
but it's a great tool for residents to be able to go and look and see exactly what they're going to be paying for and what their utility fee will look like. Mm -hmm. And I think in the credit manual, which we mentioned, uh, the process for doing that calculation, so there's a, a single unit rate, but then depending upon how many thousand square feet of space, then the rate applies. And I believe there's two different mitigations in terms of rebate capabilities or uh, abatement capabilities within that. So um, abatement would be a permanent change to your impervious area layer. Right. So, so if, if there's a question in terms of you've captured more than my space, actually, right, that's that would be issue. an abatement. Yep. So they could contact me or Kate or anybody at the DPW office. They'll forward the information to us. We'll come out and do a site visit, and whatever exists on the property will make the necessary adjustments. And then the credits manual is separated into two different sections for a maximum credit of 50%. 25% for stormwater treatment and 25% for stormwater storage. So the treatment is because we're trying to keep the stormwater clean. The storage is because we're trying to reduce peak flow velocities during a significant precipitation event. So that's why we did that rather pointedly to make sure mm -hmm. that anybody who's trying to do the right thing and is doing the right thing is eligible for a credit off of, off of their stormwater utility fee. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the manual goes into more specifics in terms of certainly for the larger uh, commercial <coughs> and even nonprofit spaces like Dean or the Franklin Village Mall. Uh, it's certainly been talked of between Walgreens and the Big Y were rather visible when they put in their parking lots, mm -hmm. they put in the stormwater capture systems mm -hmm. underneath, um, and that'll allow them to get some credits for that. Absolutely. So the we have a small user credit, uh, which is typically, it applies to all residential units in town, mm -hmm. and also any parcel that's five billable units or less. And then there's the standard user credit which would be five-plus billable units, mm -hmm. and applies to the commercial properties. Yeah. Um, largely, they follow, or they, they in fact follow that same 25% for treatment and 25% for storage. But, of course, a commercial property is likely to have a different set of infrastructure to treat their stormwater than somebody would do on their residential property. Right. And while we have rain barrels shown here, that's one of the quick and easy ways yes. that a, per, a homeowner, or uh, even an apartment owner, but the credit would be done through the apartment condo association, however that is. But a homeowner could get a rain barrel and thereby um, getting some credits that way. Yes, as long as the as long as the, it treats 500 square feet um, of impervious area. So if you have it on the downspout of one of your structures, either your house or a garage or a shed, if it's a small shed that's less than 500 square feet, you're not going to get credit for it. But if it's on your house, you will get credit for it as long as it's capturing 500 square feet. Um, and the great thing about the rain barrels is they're easy to install. They're easy to uninstall in the wintertime when you don't want to be sure. collecting water. Um, it's, it's a really great way to help mitigate your impact on stormwater. And we'll put a plug in as well. I've, I think it's twice a year the town does a stormwater purchase. Twice a year, purchase. yep. We do a, a spring and a fall stormwater, um, sorry, rain barrel program. Um, we partnered with the Great American Rain Barrel, offering rain barrels at a discounted price to residents. Um, they're $79 a barrel. And the DPW also offers a water conservation rebate, which rain barrels fall under. Um, and the rebates are for $50. So if you just produce your receipt, the town will literally send you a check for $50 towards the cost of your rain barrel. Um, we do have a program currently open. Ordering is through May 7th, I believe, and then of the this fall year. one would be September, October. The fall, the fall program we usually do in September. 
They're great barrels. I'll put a plug in them. Good they are. <laughs> yes, Mel, I think you have, you have several, I believe. <laughs> I have two. Yeah, they have a spout and hoses that you can connect them mm-hmm. and get double fill if you want. They're right. really great. Yeah, I have one as well, and I'm trying to determine whether I put it on the back so it's easier for my garden, or I put it on the front so it just takes the water away from the garden. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the other things I wanted to mention, Steve, is that, um, you know, through the through the public forums, we actually changed, not only did we change the price, but we changed what was, what you could get credit for. Correct. So, th- you know, we did listen to to the public input, we, um, at first, the gravel driveways were not going to be allowed to have credit, but I think, I, I know now that they are. Right, Derek? They are. They certainly <laughs> okay. are. Well, they're not, well, just to clarify, not a credit, but an abatement. An abatement. So they, I'm sorry. Gravel driveways do not count in, under our model right. as impervious area. So if you have a gravel driveway, we can remove that from the impervious area. Right, right. So there, that's the difference, and that's a... And that's a permanent change yes. in the amount of billable units you have. Yes. Right? And you only have to do that once. Correct. But for the credits, then you have to, if you have your rain barrel installed, you have to come up, you come out. Yeah, we do. In, in a, in we do a field check um, to ensure that they're hooked up and that they're working properly. Um, and that's something that residents will need to reapply for every year. And our DPW director, Robert Brutus Canareggi, thank you for joining us today. Well, we were talking in terms of kind of the history. This goes back to the stormwater bylaw introduced in, I think it was around 2008, that Correct. started the mitigations, um, and they've been we've been seeing them in a variety of ways around town. Well, yeah, I mean, Franklin is actually, before the MS4 permit, we were involved in a EPA residual designation, we were, us, Milford, and Bellingham. And that's what really brought to the forefront, and we started looking at different things, and um, that was the first time, uh, you know, Franklin pushed back on it, and that was the big one for that was economics. I mean, sure. besides what they wanted to do, um, they were singling out Franklin, Bellingham, and Milford, and you know, so we we pushed back hard on them, and that permit was never implemented because of that, and that was um, uh, uh, just Franklin pushing back. The, the funny thing I always say about that one that was when we got at Senator Brown. And Senator Kerry signed a letter in support of Franklin. And I was told by many people that they really didn't like each other. And that was the only letter that they both signed together, which nice. is which is really cool at the time. For Franklin. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So we did we did push back hard and um and we embraced it and um it worked it worked out well. So that, that permit went by the wayside, but some of the stuff that EPA learned on that permit, they did try to put into the MS four permit that came out in uh, two thousand eighteen. So <clears throat> And you actually push back even harder filing a lawsuit against the EPA. So in terms of fighting City Hall, you went even further than that. It was a lot harder in fighting City Hall because the, the thing is with um, when you want to challenge a permit, it's not at the state level because it's the federal government giving the permit out to the state. So when Franklin pushed back, we actually had to go to federal court. We, mm-hmm. had, we had to sue the feds. Right. And... Um, so that worked out. Um, it was a long, arduous process. It was kind of cool. I learned a lot. Um, but we went through mediation, and um, we got some, uh, which we felt. And there was other, don't get me wrong, there was a bunch of other communities that signed on. Yeah, we were one of the party, but we were one of the leads because of the work we had done, and we could substantiate mm-hmm. the objections we were making. Correct. That's why Franklin, you know, a lot of, and you can probably imagine this, a lot of communities do not um, want to sue or, or 
push back on EPA <laughs> because you're always afraid of uh, repercussions or just just the just most people look at everything that EPA says is correct. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, so if you're the town that's pushing back, then they're thinking like we don't want to do do what's right. Mm -hmm. And I think through Franklin, we uh, there are so many parts of the permit that I do agree with. You know, it was just basically it was the cost and the timetable. That, that, that was the big thing. But we ended up going through mitigation, and, um, and you know, you actually got your point. Franklin did take the lead because I think my colleagues over there always say the, the one thing I always say about EPA, you can't give us an award on one hand and find me on the other, you know, because we are doing the right thing. And that's why we were chosen to, to push back. And then with that, um, we went to mitigation, and what we were able to get out of that was basically a timetable extension. Where, um, you know, we're looking at depending on what estimates you want to say, sixty million to one hundred million dollars, and they want to do it in twenty years. That ain't happening. I don't think it's realistic. So mm -hmm. we'll be able to. Basically, what the what they've they've stated is that you know, if a community, whether it's Franklin or anybody else, is showing progress, what they're doing, and they can show that there's uh, you know, capital capital actually expense issues but you're working on the getting there mm -hmm. they will definitely work with us so in any other community so mm -hmm. that, that was a big win because timing is everything right. Right. And part of what we were discussing was that certainly the mitigations from a Franklin perspective were coming from the operations budget DPW roads in particular but the operation budget costs stormwater associated just kept growing and growing and then with the MS4 permit, they were going to continue to grow. So how do we make that a more equitable distribution instead of just the taxpayers bearing it? The stormwater fee, utility fee, was introduced so that at least everybody part of Franklin gets to have their share that way. Yeah, everybody part of Franklin, it's also more proportionate. That, um, you know, in layman's terms, about uh, a little over 60% of our revenue, revenue comes from uh, residential and the other remaining comes from commercial. Yet when we look at where the impervious is, the, uh, over 60% of the impervious is on the commercial properties. So it, it does it more a fair and equitable way that way of sure. getting out there. Um, and then additionally, the old thing is that no one's, it's a utility, so if you're using it, which we all technically are, there's no exemptions for it. So nonprofits, if you'd brought that up before, yeah. which, you know, everybody knows Dean College. But even I always say, hey, the federal post office, they're going to have to pay. And uh, MassDOT for their place over there is going to have to pay. So mm -hmm. 495 doesn't have to pay, but, you know, the, the facilities will want it. So it's, right. it's more fair and equitable. Yeah. And then the town itself. Yes. And yeah. that at least we get some of the mitigation because a lot of the work that you've done, specifically as buildings were getting renovated and or outside grounds were getting renovated, you put in the rain gardens, the tree, the tree wells, things of that sort to help. So that'll help even our own calculation from a town budget perspective. Well, it's huge. And um, I think Kate uh, has done a lot of the detail analysis. That was another good thing about the permit that when we push back on, I want to make sure we got credit back to 2006. So anything we've done pretty much through 2006, and you know, a lot of folks are familiar with you talk about tree wells, but it's also a road narrowing program, mm -hmm. um, just improvements in drainage. We get credits, you know, like, it, it, you know, some people didn't start until 2018, but we actually got them to go back to 2006. So everything, and uh, we're really good at documenting stuff. <laughs> so we have, we have all that, we can show it. So that, that's going to help us out in our permit. You know, it basically means less cost. It's money we already spent on to redo it. It's really interesting. One of the things that I just thought of, I think you mentioned, you said it, that I hadn't thought of before was that 
because the town has put in all of these rainwater, rain gardens and collection areas, does that mean that the town will get credits for those, those things on their bill? Um, we could. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the things that's, I, I, and we're talking about a policy thing, but um, I would probably recommend against that because it's, you know, that money's already been put out forward and we just part of right. our plan going right. forward. Mm-hmm. And then if we do that, then we still gotta we we still have some money we have to spend. So if we're trying to get credits, that means someone else has to pick up the burden. Right. So if you I, want to sell that as a politician, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that it's really important to say like we you know, maybe like you could get a credit, but is it fair? I mean we should pay our fair Correct. We should pay the bill. Yeah. Right. And that's kinda of what well, I we meant. are paying the bill. Yeah. 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 And now the a, lot, is, a big bill. We pay And it gets bigger every year. Yes. And the permit gets updated how often? Well, the permit is, well, I mean, there's different phases in it, right. but the permit's like, it, you know, it's supposed to be a, a basically 20-year permit at eventually, but, you know, it starts out of five. But the last one expired, I always make the joke, was it 2006? Mm-hmm. And then they finally did in 2018. So they were a little late. <laughs> Just a little. It got lost. They were afraid of, they were afraid of you, Brutus, I, I think. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry for that interruption. I just... I was, it was a valid ad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was good. So back to, from a mitigation perspective, uh, we mentioned the stormwater page. Uh, you've got the GIS information there. The credit manual is there so that the individuals, whether... Nonprofits and/or commercial res- and/or residential, they can go and find the information for their particular uh, areas. If there's an abatement, contact you mm-hmm. in terms of the overall space mm-hmm. calculation. That's the abatement piece. Correct. But then, if there's other mitigations, as in the, the stormwater handling or the rain barrel, those are other credit applications. Yeah. So that's going to be a credit application through um, a platform that's known as Viewpoint. And it's being built right now, but we're going to accept all the applications online. It should be a very simple process, just a few clicks. Um, it is going to, for the small users' credit, they, it is going to be an annual credit that you're going to apply for because we need to come out, whether it's us or our colleagues, and inspect and make sure that everything's still hooked up. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and for the standard user credit, that's a five-year process. And the thought process behind that is um, if you have a storm scepter in the ground that's buried, we can inspect it once and be, remain confident that it's going to be there five it's, years It's not going to change it magically. Not, no, no. <laughs> but we will be reviewing the operation and maintenance and the cleaning schedule for those things. Sure. So we are keeping a keen eye on all of it, but from a residential standpoint um, and, a, and a small user credit standpoint, it's going to be an annual application. Mm-hmm. Good. Could I ask a question of Kate? You may. <laughs> Always, Mel. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned that the rain barrel will get you can get credit for your rain barrel if it collects 500 square feet of runoff Mm -hmm. what about um, a rain garden does it have to collect a certain amount rain gardens need to collect a certain amount to be efficient and that is not in a question i'm qualified to answer because i am not a civil engineer (laughs) Um, but they have to be built in a way that they can capture whatever they're trying to capture whether it's your driveway or if it is all of your roof runoff um a rain garden is essentially a big hole and so that hole has to be big enough to capture a certain amount of rainwater. um and so that is something that has to be determined by someone who has 
a license. Those qualifications. <laughs> so yes. it's not it's not as if we I could go out and dig a hole myself and just like put some rush and some um, no, tails in it. Like I, it needs to be planned. It needs to be well, planned. Um, there needs to be a structural drawing done of it. Mm -hmm. um, the calculations have to be made to make sure it is going to function the way it is designed to function. Okay. All right, great. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people mm -hmm. will ask that question. And if they haven't, no. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> I think before we get into the specific questions, which I know you've already accumulated since the notification while we talked originally that we were back here in March of 2020, and then things kind of changed. <laughs> Stormwater did not go away. Mm -hmm. It's still here. It's been here so for now a long we're time. back here again mm -hmm. with the stormwater utility fee becoming effective in July 2023. Um, the notifications have now started catching attention. So we can, you've, you've already been accumulating some questions, so we can go through those. Anything else to add before we get into those? All right. So somewhat we talked to, but I have a downspout that is directed towards the woods. Does this apply for a credit? The answer to that is no, it does not. The reason for that is it does not treat stormwater and it doesn't reduce the peak flow velocity of any um, stormwater that's coming off of your roof and entering, uh, exiting your downspout. An additional component of that answer is that this doesn't specifically have to do with just the direction of flow onto or off of your property from stormwater. We're not collecting, we're not monitoring how much rainwater is falling on a specific property. We have a community-based problem that we need to solve. Mm -hmm. So while I can see the mentality that if you have rainwater from your property that's entering a wooded area, that you should be, uh, a credit should be applied or you should be exempt, the answer is we still have a lot of work to do regardless of that fact. And Despite that, we still need to sweep the roads and clean the catch basins and build infrastructure and treat our stormwater. And if you're a resident in town in one way, shape, or form, even if you don't own a vehicle, if you buy something from the grocery store, there's going to be a truck that brought those grocery items from somewhere else to here. Mm -hmm. And uh, vehicles are dirty things. And there's undoubtedly, no matter what it is, a vehicle is going to drop an ounce or 10 ounces of fluid on the road somewhere at some point, and the town's responsible for cleaning that up. So regardless of whether your water on your property stays on your property or does not, we have a problem that we need to solve, and, and, and that's why that no property is exempt, and you, you will have to pay for your stormwater utility fee. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that Derek brought up is really important for people to remember is that this is a community problem, and we have to join together to solve it, and I think this is the best way that we can. Going back to the fair and equitable piece of the utility fee as it's being implemented. Yeah, and also, I mean, he said that the storm, the water comes off your out of your downspout, but if you stop the water from your going out your downspout to sit a little bit, mm -hmm. right, with a rain barrel, then you could get yes, a absolutely get a credit. Right? Yes. So. Mm -hmm. right. And, and one I, of the things just to add to that, if. Um, you have to remember what our permit's all based upon numbers in the Charles River. We're not actually counting them. It's a community as a whole, how much we're contributing. A lot of this permit is based upon um, what we have to deal with, the phosphorus loading. And in layman's term, I can say, if you think about this way, your downspout already, going on your lawn, 
might be going into the woods, it's picking up phosphorus that goes across your lawn. Then it goes in the woods. What's in the woods we always joke about? The, the leaves. leaves. The ray, right? So we got leaves in the woods. And then if you got a dog, a dog's pooping out there, it's going in there. So if you think about that way, there really is no improvements. There's nothing because that's a pre-existing number. If you were to take that downspout and put it into the ground and put it into a storm scepter or something like that or a rain garden, where you can possibly visualize in your mind now that, that water's going straight down, it's getting treated, and it's water mm -hmm. conservation. So um, that, that's the one thing about downspout. It's not about mm -hmm. where it goes, how it goes. It's it's how it's treated and where it, what it's done. And I think in terms of the treatment, picking up on one of our points, it's not being chemically treated, but the design of the rain garden is flowing such that you've got different layers so that the water is filtering down and then naturally treated that way. Exactly, and that's what our detention basins are doing throughout town, all the rain gardens. The ground is the best filter that we have, mm -hmm. and that's what's happening. When that water infiltrates back into the ground, it's filtering out all the contaminants and then going into our groundwater system. It's not right. going into the river, mm -hmm. basically, right. the brook. Right. Yeah, a natural filter. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's like the good point. It's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Another question touches on it, but it comes at it from a little bit different perspective. All the water on my property stays on my property. Can I be exempt from paying the stormwater utility? Right, so we've seen a lot of variations of this question, um, and this is just one example of those. But um, the bottom line is that no property, no parcel is exempt. Everyone's pitching in to solve this problem that we have. Um, we've come a long way, fallen on Brutus largely for all the work he's done over time. And we need to keep that work going, and the tasks are going to increase exponentially. And like he said, it could be 40, 60, 100 million dollars over the course of 20, or if they extend it, 30, 40 years. So, yeah. um, the fair and equitable way, I know we keep saying that, is to not have anybody be exempt, but we do care to give credit where credit's due, and that's why you can receive a max credit of 50%. Um, but just to touch on the other side of it, regardless of if your water stays on your uh, property or not, you're, you're still utilizing the roadways. And we don't have a terrible localized flooding problem in Franklin. We do have, how many culverts would you say? 70, Ooh. you know? Over 100. Over 100 culverts. You know, that's another part of the infra uh, stormwater infrastructure that we need to take care mm -hmm. of. Something that you might not even notice is there right. until there's a problem. Sure. We need to proactively take care of all those things, and uh, that's what that's what this funding is going to do. Yeah, to the culvert point, a lot of those culverts, you drive along the road, and unless you're really paying attention, there's a culvert on either side, and you just drove over it and didn't even know mm -hmm. it was there. Right, exactly. But that infrastructure still needs to be maintained. Right. Exactly, yep. And and, it, and if it gets blocked or stops functioning, you'll certainly notice. Certainly. That's, that's People notice it when it's overflowing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, when it's backing up, when it's flooding Onto their property, properties. Yeah. Same thing with catch basins. If they stop functioning, you certainly know about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And we know about it. And we they call and yell at us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And if you walk down the street, you can see them sometimes, though. You can. You're walking, because you're a little bit mo moving a little bit slower than on a vehicle going by 25, That's 30 right. miles an hour. That's right. Slow down, everybody. Look yes. for the catch pieces. Another one of the top questions, I think we talked about it before, but specifically as far as the questions, are town facilities subject to the stormwater utility? And yes. yes. They are. Just like we pay for water. You pay, we pay for water, for electricity, all that. Yep. Well, yeah, water, electricity, sewer. But I'm thinking more of a town-type thing. Town. Yeah. And then also uh, we even pay for our own uh, refuse Trash. pickup and yeah. recycling. So right. we, we pay for it. We're a user like everybody else. Yep. Yeah, that's a good thing to remind people. The town is a user. Yes. It's going to pay the user fee. Correct. Yeah. Yep. 
And uh, next question, similar but getting more detailed, uh, are universities and other tax-exempt organizations exempt from the utility? They are not, and no. that was initially how the whole um, data layer was developed and the, the, everything was mapped out with the ultimate we had what we knew that the budget needed to be, and then um, the only way to accomplish that was to appropriately charge every single parcel in town. Mm -hmm. So each each one is included in the stormwater utility, and there are no exemptions. For the common good, it got to a smaller fee because everybody's paying their piece. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. How do I know how much impervious area is on my property? We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, residents can go to the stormwater website and look at the uh, impervious area story map, and they can enter in their address, and they can see exactly how many square feet of impervious area is on their property. It's The entire town is available for anyone to peruse mm -hmm. at their leisure. Right. And then if they do have some question or this is not incorrect, this is when each the questions and or corrections would at least start through you to do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, my contact information is on the town website. They can contact me directly or Derek or just our front office. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that when the impervious area layer was created, it was using imagery from 2019. So it's possible that someone has had a shed removed since then and it's still being captured. That's a mistake that we can correct very easily sure. to adjust the numbers. Or they added a shed. Or they added a and shed. If they want to call us up and let us know that they've created more impervious area, we'd love to hear from them also. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that would be fun. <laughs> I always make the joke, Mel, you know, I'm, the meters. Yeah. No one ever calls and says their water meter isn't working. <laughs> they always say it's... it's going slow. Yeah, they, I know. <laughs> no one ever tells us that. <laughs> I don't know why. And somebody asked, why am I being taxed on the amount of rain that falls on my property? So I've got this question a couple times, and I think it's just a misunderstanding. And I know we sarcastically made um, in, in previous uh, presentations that it's a rain tax. And uh, it just speaks to the how involved you need to get with your community to really understand what's going on. And while it does seem like a rain tax, that, that's not what it is at all. Um, but w there are certain people who inquire about how, how is the town going to measure the quantity of rain that's falling on my, my property and not somebody else's. And um, that's just simply not the way that it is. It's just a, a, a silly way to have described it as a, as a rain tax. But w as we all know, it's a stormwater mm -hmm. utility fee. Yeah, well, when you walk around, the rain's going to fall on you, mm -hmm. and it's still going to fall within the town, right. and then the town together needs to uh, adjust and pay for it accordingly. Mm -hmm. I was going to make a plug for the for people to watch the some of the previous um, public forums that we had, because people at the very first public forum that was in town in, in the um, town chambers, there were people there that thought it had been a it was a rain tax, and that by the end of that session, they understood what it really meant, and that um, they felt like that they were misled by somebody saying that it was a rain tax, that it wasn't a rain tax, and they understood a lot better. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask everybody to go watch that, um, and that has a lot of really good information in it. And I think we even created a pros and cons table. Mm -hmm. Kate did about about it that. Um, people should look up to that was really important yeah there's a wealth of info that you can dig deeper into if you need to mm -hmm. um, it's there we've talked on but again strictly from a question perspective how is billing structured for condominium owners 
Sanders. I don't think we've mentioned them specifically yet. But do you want to take that one? Sure. <laughs> so um, condominiums are going to be viewed just as a singular parcel. So, so the condominium owner itself, not the individual. Correct. The owner of the, the parcel. The, will be viewed as the singular owner of the entire complex. I would say the association. The association, the association. yes. Don't use okay. the owner. Yes. Yep, the association. Um, and the way that the data is viewed, um, that association will be receiving the fee, the bill, for the entire parcel, and then they will be able to collect the funds as they see fit. Okay. So individual condominium owners may still see something but through their association or entity that's correct individual individual condominium unit owners will not be receiving an individual bill right. for their individual structure At that they live in town. yes right they will they will likely see that through their mm -hmm. HOA fees yep and then I think we've talked on but for the record for the record here what items and actions are eligible mm -hmm. for a credit Yep, so like we said before, there's the small user credit, which is five billable units or less, uh, and all residential properties, and then the standard user credit. Each of those are eligible for a maximum of 50% credit off of their stormwater utility fee, 25% for stormwater treatment, and 25% for stormwater storage. Um, just to give an example, uh, stormwater treatment would be a rain garden or a detention basin. Stormwater storage would be um, a sub... Uh, subsurface collection system, like or a Caltech system, as they would a say, rain barrel. or a rain, rain barrel. barrel. Mm -hmm. So there's about six to eight for each. Um, so there's a number of options for the residents to, to look into. That info is found in the credit manual, which yes. is also linked to off the stormwater page we referenced. Correct. Yes. Yep. And how often will I be billed? That's a great question. <laughs> And we don't know the answer yet. <laughs> um, we've been working really hard with the finance department. Um, our goal is to have it be quarterly on your utility bill. That's our goal. So effectively, the rate as you would calculate is effectively an annual rate, but then it would be divvied up to be a quarterly piece. Of yes, exactly. So for example, the average single family home in Franklin, their stormwater utility bill is going to be $56. Ideally, that $56 will be divided by four and will appear on each utility bill quarterly. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Sounds good. Quarterly. Mm -hmm. And we, you got to give uh, finance people. Mm -hmm. Yes, they, they've been working so hard. They've worked a lot, and we've come a long way mm -hmm. recently so long. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the billing, clearly, from a resident and even commercial perspective, it needs to be accurate. Mm -hmm. And there has certainly been a lot of time and effort, both on the GIS side, on the MUNIS side, tying mm -hmm. the info together so that it will come out to John Doe, Jane Doe, whoever, uh, accurately. Which is why we also want to start now to at least check. Make sure your area is good. Make sure it's accurate so that when it does start coming out, you'll have had chance as opposed to getting surprised all of a sudden in July. Mm -hmm. Whoops, wait a minute. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Yeah, and to, and to actually... I mean, to put a pl uh, plug, another plug in for, like, Derek and, and Kate's time, like, if, if everyone waits till July to have mm -hmm. them come out and see things, um, they're not going to have time to do it. Mm -hmm. So let's try to spread it out a little bit and get people, and take a look at that um, impervious map as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. yep. And one other thing I just want to touch on, the, the credit manual, it's up online now, and it's still mm -hmm. a draft document. 
the, you know, the council hasn't officially accepted it yet. So if anybody reads through it and they got some comments, we'd love to hear it. You know, I'm not guaranteed it would be changed, but I think it's a good time to, you know, this is once again the public's opportunity to say, I don't agree with this or I should get more, and we can take a look at it. And then we've talked about the impervious area, and I think we've touched on it in, so, in some of our other questions, but the impervious area in my property is not accurate. How do I get this corrected? And that's where they start with you. They start with me, yep, or the front office of the DPW. Um, all it is, it's a phone call or an email to us, um, and as long as we have permission to go on your property, we're happy to come out and take a look and adjust accordingly. Right. Make whatever adjustments are necessary. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, thank you for taking time to go through the questions, to go through the overview, uh, for spending time since 2008 working on this, <laughs> actually prior, because I think we go credit back to 2006. Yep. So as we close this session, um, any final comments, Brutus? Uh, no, thank you for the job security. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't going anywhere anytime soon, so it's, uh, no, it's, 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 it's a good thing. It's a, it, it, um, you know, we've heard through, like, some people have said, you know, Brutus is tax and this and all the other stuff. No, it's not. It's it's really the, you know, we, we're not re we're not inventing the wheel on this. This has been done utilities all over the country, and this is just the best model, the most fair and equitable model. And that's why it was presented and argued and talked about so much of the council. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then on the other hand, we got to do the work. It's right. like, it, you know, because we don't want to be Quincy. We don't want consent mm -hmm. orders. So that's what we got yeah. to do. It. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Any last minute? Well, I just I just wanted to thank um, Brutus and, other, and Derek and Kate and everyone else at the DBW and uh, throughout the town staff. I mean, this has been a lot of work, um, and, it, and it is a community thing. And so when we all work together, I think we can actually get through this. You know, remember, this is a federal funded, federally unfunded mandate unfunded. that no, unfunded, unfunded, that mm -hmm. no one um, likes. But we have to do it for the future, the, the quality of water around us. And it just takes all of us as a community to work together and get it done. Good. And Derek, any last minute? So uh, my name and contact information is on the Franklin Stormwater website. If anybody has any questions, they can feel free to reach out and get a hold of me. Also on that website, um, another important document is the the pamphlet that was created about a year ago and if anybody needs a visual and to see some more numbers behind everything and a sort of a recap of how we got to where we are here that's a really good resource for mm -hmm. that and i believe you've got the links on the page and or the dpw page for the effectively the history of the presentations as it's developed over time so if somebody mm -hmm. really wants to take the yep. time and do the deep dive those resources are available everything's right there mm -hmm. yeah. And Kate, last but not least. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for having us, Steve. This was great. Um, if My contact information is also on the website if anybody has any questions, um, wants to reach out. Over the last couple months, I know I have, I think I can speak for Derek, we've had some really great conversations with residents about stormwater. Um, I love talking stormwater, so if any resident ever wants to chat with me about it, I'm happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and especially with the weather being what it is in New England, <laughs> it's going to rain, gonna snow, snow, whatever. It's going to be here. We're going to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But I think this particular approach, as we kind of talked through today and summarized, is probably the best, most fair, most equitable way of implementing it for everybody. We're all in it together. We'll do that. I'll thank you for taking time. Uh, thank the TV crew for providing this opportunity for us to record. And to the listeners, uh, if you do have questions, 
you can reach out through me or as we've listed this uh, the contact info. Um, thank you for listening. If you have questions, certainly don't be bashful. Reach out, uh, take action before July when that first bill comes out. Thank you. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you. Thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.